Mate, look, podcasting does that to you. It happens to the best of us. Like, we're semi-professional podcasters now. 22 episodes in. We've made a few mistakes along the way. Don't rush. Honestly, take your time. <whistles> Welcome back to the Living Room Chat podcast. Podcast? Podcast. Grab that. You love Start. an accent, don't you? Start again. You love an accent. Start again. Welcome back to episode 22 of the Living Room Chat podcast with myself, Ryan Bluefield, and this guy here, Matt Barrell. How are you, mate? Um, I was fine, mate, until we recorded that podcast about an hour ago and then realised the sound didn't work. So now we're here how doing lo- it again. How lo- Clearly, I like. I don't know if I like the sound of my own voice or your voice. Ooh, I don't know. But I literally put it on in the car just to listen back to it. And I literally pulled off your drive and I thought, fuck, his mic wasn't on. You just sworn already. Called you. Matt Barrow on speed dial number six. You actually are as well. <laughs> Am I really? No. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you don't call me very much. Um, yeah, we're doing pod, that's right. And I was like, oh no, Matt, guess what? We know we talked about in our podcast about the shit quality of last episode because the mics weren't properly done. And then the irony of that, that we did exactly the same this episode and we didn't check. Why does it make sense to have a mute thing on one mic and not the other, though? Well, they both have mutes. They're separate because they're separate mics, aren't they? Anyway, anyway, we've been there. Back in take two. We're gonna... Well, at least we know what we're going to talk about now. Yeah. So, w- what are we going to talk about, Ryan? Oh, I don't know, Matt. Should we have a little think? Yeah. I'm just we're going to talk about the importance of a viewing. Mm-hmm. This is really good because that really shit segment that we did yeah, about we comparing viewings to sex. We muddled our way through that. I now think, we can nail that this time. I now. think that was a good. That was a good analogy. I'm going to use it again, yeah. like, and it'll be the first time people hear it. No, we've heard it an hour ago. Um, so we talk about viewings and the importance of viewings. <clears throat> We're going to talk about how important or is the first two weeks of marketing your home mm-hmm. absolutely critical, or is it just a thing people say? And then talk about phrases, agency phrases agency we phrases. don't like. We don't like, yeah. Yeah, because cool. we, so, we have a bit of a, a joke between us that you say if a house is sold, it's not sold, it's under offer, whereas I say it's sold subject to contracts. Well, you and everyone else. Anyway, we'll get on to that. Okay. Right. Should, should we start with the viewing story? Yeah, so... Um, I think I started, didn't I? <laughs> this is weird, isn't it? So inauthentic. It's just like trying to redo Ooh, our conversation. Inauthentic? You, do you mean unauthentic? Unauthentic. <laughs> Right, inauthentic, so, unauthentic. Who cares? Who knows? So the story starts like this: viewings are really important, obviously, in the process of buying a house. If you don't view a house, ninety-nine times out of hundred, you can't buy it. Sometimes people will say, "Oh, I don't need to view it," and I'm like, "Yes, yes you, you do. do." Legally, I don't. Cool. Legally, you're a. F- <gasps> oh, we went so long without swearing last time as well. Okay, don't I'll worry. Scrap that bit. Leave that out. Um, so, had a viewing at six o'clock on a Wednesday. A house that came on the market on Saturday had loads of viewings booked in. Booked a client in. There was something iffy about him when I booked it in. I thought, this guy ain't going to turn up for mm. shit. Anyway, emailed him, emailed me straight back saying, Thank you so much, Ryan. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. This was four o'clock on Tuesday. Viewings Wednesday, six o'clock. Called him in the morning, left him a voicemail. Hi, looking forward to seeing you at six o'clock. Let me know if there's any problems. Didn't hear anything back. 6 o'clock arrives, 6.02 arrives, 6.04 arrives, and that, for me, is the cut-off point of when, right, they're late. Four minutes. Yeah. You're late. Where are you? <laughs> I won't do the accent. I say it every time. I won't do the accent. Hi, sir. It's Ryan from Avocado. I'm outside this property. Where are you? 
Oh, hello, mate. That's not the accent. Hello, mate. Very sorry. I can't make it. I'm unwell. I did email you earlier. I was like, cool. You didn't because I haven't received anything from you. So you've just not turned up. And it's really, really annoyed me. Um, cool. I just knew he was a waste of time anyway. <clears throat> so I sent him a, a bit of an email back saying, look, I'm a business owner here. Someone else could have booked that slot. Mm -hmm. I'm really annoyed that you didn't turn up. And then he kind of copied and pasted a fake email, I assume fake, to say that he'd sent an email to say he couldn't make it. Yeah. He yeah. may well have been the case, but the point is segues nicely onto your point. Viewings for people should be taken more seriously. Yeah. And you had a great point to... Well, I, mean, I, I was thinking, yeah. I had a similar instance to you in that you just kind of know when someone's not going to turn up and not taking it seriously when you're booking them in. And um, it really irritates me, but it got me thinking about how important is doing a viewing in a house? Like, mm. how important is it if, if you're someone in the market spending hundreds of thousands of pounds to buy a house, how important is it? So I've had a few instances recently where people are like, Oh, I can't do that time because I'm going for coffee with a friend. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, buying a house to me, in terms of life events, yeah. should come fairly high up the, the chain. So Absolutely. You, you've got your top tier life events. You've got your wedding days. You've yeah. got your, the birth of your child. Yeah. Um, you know, and then maybe you've got things like starting a new job. And I'd kind of say along with starting a new job is like viewing a potential new house. Yeah. The kind of thing you might reschedule coffee with a friend for. I agree. It's that it comes down to priorities. Are you that serious a buyer? Mm. If you're, or are you just going to go and look? And we've all we've all dealt with buyers. You just feel like they're just wasting time. They've been looking for six months. They've seen fifty properties, not found the right one. Are you ever going to find the right one? Like if you know what you're looking for and you've got mm. the budget to do it, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to find a house within two or three weeks. Or are you just a serial viewer? Yeah, and you question everything. priorities there. Mm. And people not cancelling view, like not turning up to viewings. I don't mind that. I get things happen. The old, you know, all stuck in a meeting may well be the case. Car broken down may well be the case. Yeah, just give us a call. <laughs> yeah, I just say oh, I'm really sorry I can't make the viewing because I wouldn't have arrived half an hour earlier and sat outside like a lemon for half an hour. Yeah, fortunately I had calls to make, so it's fine. But someone else could have viewed. Probably the same for you in your instances. It's just disrespectful to our time, I think. Yeah. And um, I, I want to be as flexible as I can for people. But what do you think the balance is in terms of, um, you know, for me, just doing one Saturday open house is too strict and too rigid yeah. and not flexible enough. Yeah. But being able to do a viewing any time of any day is too flexible. And then I think people don't respect your time. Yeah. I'm quite a fan of like two hours on a Saturday afternoon back to back. Yeah. Then maybe a Monday or Tuesday evening. Then maybe like a Wednesday or Thursday afternoon. Yeah. I, I've been thinking recently, I want to be a bit more strict with like, before a house goes on the market, it's like, right, I've got two hours on a Saturday, two hours on a Tuesday, two hours on a Thursday, for yeah. example. Yeah. Three times to offer people of the week. Well, tell you what I do really, which seems to work really well, is when, I, when it goes on the market, I get the inquiries and I book, I find that from the seller what days are good and they say like Wednesday, Friday, Saturday are good for me. I said, like, great. Mm. So I'll book viewings in and as soon as I book the first one in on Wednesday, 11 o'clock, Friday, 12 o'clock, Saturday, 10 o'clock, I'll then book the other viewings around that. So I'll, the next person I'll call, I'll say, look, I can only, if I do Wednesday, Friday or Saturday, I've got 11.20 or 11.40 mm -hmm. and then same for Friday, same for Saturday and give them the times. 
they can't do that, then we'll book it in for the following week. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it'll be sold before then. Yeah. So I kind of give people options, but also the times are quite strict as well. So I'm not just toing and throwing back and forth from the same house because yeah. that's, that's counterproductive for everyone. Because if people are serious... They'll make it work. In my experience, people are serious, they'll make it work. I had a viewing just yesterday with someone who had messed me around previously with a viewing, but not enough for me to refuse them another viewing. Mm-hmm. So their second viewing came along and I called them before, said, hi, are we still on for the viewing? Yes, 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 I'll be there. They were 12 minutes late. And it's like... You might be saying, come on, Matt, it's only 12 minutes late. It was stuck in traffic, whatever. But it's not because you run your, di- you run your diary so pinpoint. So I, and that, that was a 20-minute viewing for me, which then is just an eight-minute viewing. Yeah. I'm there because I want them to buy the property. Yeah. I don't want to just give them it. But it's, again, it's just disrespectful of my yeah. time. So. But coming back to your point about life events, and this is the kind of analogy we use, like mm. viewing like big life events, yeah. buying a house and it starts with a viewing yeah getting married is a massive life event and it starts with meeting your significant other yeah on yeah. tinder or a dating website or old-fashioned like in a club like i met lauren but there's a there's a starting point there's a starting point and <laughs> having a baby starts with sex there's a starting point to that so viewing a house should be as important as meeting your life partner and having sex. So viewing a house is basically Bang. like sleeping with your partner for the first time. Yes. That's a really good... Although you switch houses every seven years. Not every partner every seven years. Some people do. Yeah, some people do. But yeah, it's a great analogy. So that is the start. It should be treated as equal. And you should be as excited about it as you are... Getting to bed with your missus. Yeah, for the first like, time. Whatever you, whatever way you, you bow. Because that's, that's an exciting experience, right? Yeah, fresh, yeah. new. Yeah. I must admit, it's been quite a few years since I've, expressed, since I've <laughs> yeah. experienced fresh and new. I'm sure for yourself as well. But. Well, yeah, um, but that's a good analogy. Yeah, great So um, I think we, 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 we fumbled our way through that because we thought about it on the spot in the yeah. previous take one. But I think we actually nailed that, so I, thank you. It, Make a good reel. But it illustrates the point, doesn't it, that a viewing should be important to someone. If it's not important to someone, if they're not... Even getting time off work to, like, and I'm not saying we should be so rigid that people have to take time off work to view our properties, not at all. No. I just think if you're serious about property, yeah. you should make the time. You should never go and see a house just for the sake of it. Like, be genuinely engaged with the house and everything about mm. it before you go and see it and ask the right questions because it will be a better experience for everyone involved. When also, you think of how much effort we put into the marketing. Yeah. So, back in the day, you just have a few photos, yeah. but now you have lots of photos you have a floor plan with measurements you now have a video drone shit you have all the publicly available information about what the house sold for what the other yeah. house on the street is sold for so you can you can have a really good idea of what you're going to see before you go to see it mm-hmm. so yeah it just it annoys me that people don't take viewing seriously and yeah thank you for listening <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Mate, just quickly talk about whatever it is. This is an, I actually didn't talk about this in our first take, but this is another one. I had the best transition of my video editing career okay. on my latest video. Lauren was walking, there was like a chimney in the middle of the room and it had two separate access points. Yeah. And Lauren walked behind the chimney and I moved the camera behind her and filmed her coming out the other side. Nice. I was really pleased with it. So, anyway, that's a, up in the game, up, up in, in the, the video game. game. 
which leads us nicely on to our next, or it's a segue on to the marketing of a home and how important, how critical the first two weeks are. Mm -hmm. In your opinion though, Matt, do you think it is critical or is it just a mirage? The first two weeks are so important and you don't get a second chance at it. And if you don't get the first two weeks of marketing right, you will add months onto your home moving process. Because you'll find, like, and we know with all the marketing we do, the exposure, the, the blueprint we follow to launch properties, mm-hmm. that first four or five days, you can very quickly tell how much interest you're going to get. Yep. Sometimes it doesn't happen in the first 24 hours, but yeah. three, four, five days later, you're getting inquiry after inquiry. Yep. You're getting 15 to 20 inquiries. That's great. That's probably going to equate to 12, 13, 14 viewings potentially. Mm-hmm. And from those, you should expect to get two or three offers. Mm-hmm. But do you, you know, and this is the problem sellers sometimes have, which you, it's difficult for us to explain because I can see where they're coming from. If you think, well, it's only been on two weeks, we've had 15 viewings and three offers, mm. I'm going to get so many more. You won't. No. It, com- it dies a death after two weeks. It's a complete misconception. When people think, oh, it's only been two weeks, so obviously there'll be more people yeah two weeks is that's the magic time you know you should find your buyer in two weeks and this is the confusion about time scales of moving home is because in in two weeks you can get a great price for your house you can find a great buyer and then it's three months to get the deal through yeah so actually you're only on the market for two weeks yeah for most people who do it right yeah and then the rest of it's illegal i had a chat with the seller literally i was on on the way to the uh to do the pod with you today at nine o'clock i've got two offers from the it went on the market saturday um had the one that the guy didn't turn up for mm-hmm. them the previous stories that same house got two offers on it now mm. so i spoke to the seller about them this morning um rejected both of them um, they're not quite the one's not far off where they would accept but the position's not great but anyway she literally said to me word for word well it's only been on the market five days so we're not we're reluctant to accept anything yet we want to mm. see how it goes for the next couple of weeks yeah and this is exactly what we're talking about. That's the wrong, the wrong attitude to have. But that's not her fault. That's mm-hmm. just her opinion. Yep. So I kind of set the scene to educate and say, look, actually, most active is the first two weeks. Got a few more inquiries booking, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. We may well get a better price. But when it gets to a week Saturday, when we've been on the market for two weeks and the inquiries aren't coming through so vigorously, what a word. Vigorous inquiries. I vigorously. love those vigorous inquiries. Well, I love a vigorous inquiry as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be a very different conversation. Absolutely. But yeah. it's so critical. It, it really is. Um, and to, it's impossible to always get it right in terms of, right, of where to pitch it, right? So I've had a, a house before which I've been selling outside of my patch. It's a market I'm not massively familiar with, although you know I do the same, follow the same process. Yeah. So before going on the market, I didn't know if it was a 400 house or if it was a 385 house. Yeah. You know, so um, without wanting to leave a penny of my client's money on the table, the property went up for 400. We had that initial two week period. We had viewings. We had interest. We even had some offers, which unfortunately didn't materialize. But the two weeks didn't get the result we needed to. And so it turns out it's a 385 house. Right. So I had to make that adjustment. And as soon as I made that adjustment, we got the activity yeah. and, and, and then it sold. Yeah. But it, it took two months to do that. Yeah. And then another three or four months now for the legals. Yeah. So had I put that house on the market at 375, mm-hmm. 
the same net result would have happened. We'd have got that 385 offer because it's worth yeah. 385. Yeah. It just would have been in two weeks rather than two months. Yeah. So it's fair, like, and, and then why it's, why it's so important, it literally, I mean, moving house is moving house, but people, you have certain times people want to move. Mm. When, when, first couple of days of June now, if you put your house on the market today and get the price wrong, or the marketing doesn't go well and it takes two months to sell, it's crazy to think, but you're going to be pushed to be moved in before Christmas. Whereas you get it yeah. spot on, you're 100% going to be in your new home for Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the way of looking at it, is the difference between, as you said, four months or six to eight months. It can be that, that, that diff, much difference. And you can never underprice your house. And I, I so understand why people don't believe that. Yeah. And people think, oh, well, my house, I think it's worth 500K, so I want to put it on for 550. And, and anyone who doesn't believe that, I'd say just go and look at auction properties in your local market. So every now and again, a property will come up on Rightmove with like a, a guide price, which yeah. looks very, very cheap. And now all auctions are done online. You can watch them live. You can see how many people are bidding on it and you can see where the price ends up. So it's not uncommon for, say, a property with a guide price of 200,000 to eventually sell for 350. Yeah. Because you've got 15 people bidding on it. Yeah. I think the same thing happens, right? In Absolutely. the normal market. Absolutely. You just... so, and it takes, it's quite ballsy to do, to do that. If, 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 you're, if your house is worth 500 and every agent said it's worth 500, and you say, well, I want to put it on 525 and then I'll try and get 500. Mm. No one would go, well, if that's if it's worth 500, let's put it on a 475 mm. and we generate loads of interest and push the price up. Mm. That'd be amazing. Like, And we've got case studies to prove that works. Yeah, yeah. But the risk is, in a, in a seller's eyes, and, and to be fair to our eyes, like, actually, you are at risk of losing 25 grand because what if you don't get any offers? But that, that's the first two weeks though, isn't it? Yeah. So if you don't get those offers in the first two weeks and you're there at 475, that's the problem. Yeah. But your if, house was never worth 500. That's the thing. You're right. Because yeah. the house is worth or someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And it's our job as marketeers to position it correctly, whether that's price, marketing, whatever, mm. viewing structures, to make sure we maximise that asset for the client. That is our job. Yeah. But it ultimately, it doesn't matter how good we are, we influence it. But it is worth what someone's willing to pay for it. If it's worth more than four seven five, more people are going to want it, and they're going to have to offer over to secure it. And then people get more emotionally attached to it because they feel like other people want it, and it's yeah. just that's the psychology behind it. Yeah, human nature suggests if you like something, so does everyone else, mm. and that's that's the whole um, manipulation you buy into of yeah. how we push buyers to pay the right price for our clients, um, because that is the key. And we, I always say to sellers, like, I don't know exactly what this is worth because I'm not going to be buying it. Yeah. You know, but we follow the process, follow the strategy, and that will get you the best price. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, um, I had a call from my dad yesterday about me valuing a house, which is, again, outside of my area. Yeah. And he said, oh, well, you couldn't do that, could you? You don't know the market and stuff. And he was like, I was, he said, I was asked to ask you, but he said, you won't. I said, well, I can get, I can get within 5% yeah. just from the comps. And then I said, you know, I'd always advise people to market on the lower end of that. Yeah. And then go from there. Let the market do its thing. Yeah. What are your thoughts on managing properties in different markets? It depends on the property. And I yeah. say this in my networking group because someone said, you know, would you go to Winchester, for example, to, mm. to do a property? It's about 
hour and hour, over an hour's drive for me, yeah. one one way. Yeah, it's a long drive. Um, Ten percent fee. So if it no, well no, not necessarily. So I was like, yeah, I would for the right property. If it's a six bed detached in the centre of town at two and a half million, sign me up. I'm there. Yeah. If it's a one bed flat above a shop for 150 grand, nah, I'm not interested. Yeah. So it depends very much on the property. I've sold sure. the furthest I've gone. I've sold house. Um, Hounslow Way, sort of West London. That was a 40 minute drive back and forth. I've got the house on the market in Langley at the moment. It's a struggle. Um, yeah. That's probably the limit. But again, depends on the property. Those were those are over both over 500 grand, so it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. But I had a flat on the market in Uxbridge, and after I couldn't sell it for eight weeks, just they'd go on with someone else. Just I'm not interested. Yeah, because you know you can't. Yeah, not not being rude and said, look, I'm not. It's not the right price for me to get it sold. Mm-hmm it's not I did it as a favour for someone else it's not worth my time I'm going with another yeah, agent yeah yeah. so that's my opinion yours? yeah I think the same thing I think it's just managing the viewings and can I act do I know I can do a good job with the distance? yeah and I think I'm I know now what the distance is that yeah. I can take on I think for me if I have to drive 20 minutes to an appointment mm. and 20 minutes back that's fine half an hour depending on the house that will work as well. Mm. Anything more than that, it's probably too far. Yeah, I agree. Half an hour. Yeah, Half an hour enough. max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. Um, okay. Agency terms. <laughs> yeah. So things estate <laughs> agents say on viewings and what they really mean. So I say it quite... I don't say it a lot. I used to say it. This, to my example, this house is deceptively spacious. Basically, what you're saying there is it's got a shit frontage, but it is bigger than it looks. But may not be. It might just be a way of saying this is a small shit house. But oh, it might be spacious if you look at it in the right way. Come and have a look. It's yeah. deceptively spacious. Yeah, that's a common term, isn't it? Yeah. I um, I hate the term. You do this. You, you say this term. <laughs> Go on. And, and everyone says it. Sold, subject to contract. But it is. Go yeah, on, it then. is. What is it then? It is. Sold, subject to contract. It's under offer. No, it's not. It's sold. It's under offer. Yeah, it's got an offer on it. But but it's not sold. But it is. subject to contract. It's not sold. subject to contract. Like, it's sold when it's sold. I don't don't know why you keep saying that. Why you send under offer. You may as well say, uh, what, sale agreed? But don't... Sale agreed's fine. Don't you think under offer is more appropriate? No. Because then this leads to my next... Um, you could have a big sign saying, hey, guess what? Buyers and sellers are in unison with their views on the price. I'd be more okay with that. Would you? SSTC. Or BNSU on price. I just feel like it's misleading. That's fine. Like for the average person, say, oh, the house has sold. It hasn't sold at all. It's under offer. Yeah, I hear your point. And obviously they can still technically offer on it. It's called gazumping and it's very frowned upon. That's another topic for another day. Yeah. But, yeah, mate, whatever floats your boat, I don't think it, it's a big thing. It leads me to my next phrase I don't like. Go on. Unexpectedly reavailable. <laughs> a lot of people do that. Everyone does it. It's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. You weren't expecting the house to fall through or you didn't plan for it to fall through. After you just told everyone it was sold when it wasn't actually sold, it was under offer. <laughs> Unexpected. Oh, wasn't expecting this one to be re-avail- re-available. How many times do you hear it on a video, 
and a lot of Avo partners do this, to be fair, but also in descriptions. The shops are a stone's throw away. <laughs> it's always a stone's throw. Yeah. Mate, the shops are half a mile away. How fucking far can you throw a stone? Because <laughs> if you can throw a stone that far, you definitely need to enter a stone throw in World Championships and you'll win gold medal every time. Yeah. That's a long throw. Olympic, yeah. yeah. Ideal for an Olympic stone thrower. <laughs> yeah, because it's only a stone's throw away. Like a stone, I could probably throw a stone, I don't know, 30 metres? 40 metres? Literally on your doorstep. I say that. I literally yeah, say I that. I do as well. Well, so you literally you step out your front door and there's Asda. It's literally on your doorstep. I do that. I say that a lot in in quite a few descriptions. I mean, you know, there's there's. I understand, you know, we've all got the lingo, but those SSTC really annoys me, and then unexpectedly reavailable. It's just reavailable. What about this one? What's your opinion on this one? An enviable size plot. The neighbours are going to be envious, <laughs> aren't they? Everyone's going to be looking at your plot with envy. I do that. I, I put that a lot. But then I think, no one really cares. Like, no one else cares. No one's envious of your plot. They don't care. They don't even see it. Yeah, no one gives a shit. I don't know why I keep using those words as well. What's one that you use that you think I shouldn't use anymore? I, I, I do feel like my pattern needs to evolve a little bit. Because, you know... Sometimes uh, my creative writing, I think, needs some work. I've got an answer for that. Chat GPT. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no word of a lie. I've, done, I've obviously had a few houses in coming back to that different areas. I've had mm. one in Newbury. I've had one in Uxbridge. I've had one in Langley. And I've used Chat GPT for the local area and then just changed the wording. Mm. It's great. It's great. And it tells you all the local schools. Just go on a bit. Yeah, but then you can say, like, I'll make it short In less than 200 characters and stuff. Yeah. Okay, we'll do. Next week, though, we'll obviously come to an end on this on this one, but yeah. next week, obviously, you've got that fantastic idea that I came up with at the end of draft one of this podcast. This is now draft two. Um, funny jokes or dad jokes that people make on appointments and that we haven't heard ever before. And we have to act like we've, oh, my God, that you're the funniest guy I've ever met and just, like, yeah, just things people do on viewing. Should I just? I might just call them out next time. I was like, I might just say, to be fair, I've heard that joke a thousand times. It's not. It's not. You're not original on that level. But I've got my things which I say, which I know are cringe, but it's just material I just rehash. Give me one. Looking at the downstairs cupboard, the uh, understairs cupboard, Harry Potter's bedroom. <laughs> Always gets a laugh. <laughs> Whenever the kid pipes up or says anything positive. I'll... That's fair approval then. <laughs> I always, always gets at least when, a smile. When we go upstairs, I always, as we walk, I was like, let's go, upst- uh, we go upstairs. I, go, I, always, I always say it, onwards and upwards, as I say. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> cool. Excellent. All right. Cool. Let's, Jokes. They're let's not even that funny. Off. I can't remember a time when we weren't doing a podcast, but let's come back next week. Yeah, we will next week. We'll be in a different location, I imagine. Yeah. Um, you'll be you'll be fresh from your networking event. <laughs> Don't look too enthusiastic about it. You enjoy it, mate. You enjoy it. But anyway, um, we haven't talk, touched on it, but <laughs> just skirt over that. Um, thank you for everyone who is liking and watching the content. Um, we've had a few of our recent videos that have actually done substantially better than our previous ones, which is great. We're in our first, we called it a semi-viral Tier one yeah. viral. I mean, it didn't take much to beat our previous... Uh... No, we got like a couple of 5,000s. But yeah, one of our latest ones is 14,000 views. 
that's cool. You know, five figures. We, we made up our own unofficial tier, didn't we? Tier one of viral, mm. five figures. Yeah. Tier two, 25,000 and so on. And the more you guys like and comment, the more interesting we get. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for the lady that commented about wanting to see our feet more. I actually enjoyed that comment on YouTube. I that was a, I think it was a cryptic comment. There was like some hidden message in there somewhere for me. Like maybe we should have our feet out for for pods. Well, I don't know if they were taking a piss. Like we should. I don't mind. I, I don't care if they take a piss. I love. Well, it. I don't either. But is it rude to have your socks out? Or show the bottom of your feet? Yeah. Is that, maybe it's showing a, is that a gateway, luck? gateway to your soul. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe. There you go, I said it. This has been episode 22. Next week will be the MJ episode 23. MJ 23? Michael Jordan. Oh, right, his number was 23. Yeah, of course it was. What do you mean, of course it was? I don't Mate, it's like, like the most famous branded number ever. Michael Jordan, bullshit, 23. Yeah, sorry, straight over my head. Although I did watch the Air film recently. Have you seen that? No. We'll talk off air. All right. Cheers, guys. See you soon.